All right, kids, great to have you here. Non-kids, also great to have you here today. Welcome to Homestead Church. I'm Pastor Jeff Kerr. Um, I am a bit under the weather. I got some sort of sinus apocalypse happening this week. I, it seems to be going around, at least that's what the doctor told me. So I'm on a bit of a medic, medication cocktail this morning, so I'm going to apologize in advance for, I don't want to be held responsible for anything that I say in the next 20 minutes or so, because there's some, you know, unless it's really good. If it's really good preaching, then you can say, wow, that was really good. And if it was bad preaching, then you can say, wow, he was on a lot of medication today for the sinuses. But I got my box of Kleenex. We're hoping to make it through um, it's going to be great. Kids, we're going to have something for maybe some of you to help with in a few minutes. So if you're feeling brave and helpful, more things that you could help with and maybe win some more big budget prizes. Um, we are going to talk to specifically the students today. It is kind of back to school weekend. If you would say that you are happy to be going back to school, students, would you raise your hand? Yes, look at that. If you would say you're not quite happy to be going back to school, would you raise your hand? I see a few hands out there. Yes, I know we have a mixed, mixed bag of emotions this morning. I always remembered feeling, you know, fairly like, oh, wow, that seems like a long time to be in school before next summer. I always counted like, well, you got Christmas and then summer, and those both seem like a long ways away. So, but once you get into it, you start working hard, it's going to be great. You're going to have a great year. We are praying and believing for an awesome year for all you students and teachers, and uh, I wanted to share a message that some encouraging words for our students today, but also for all of us. We're going to look in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, if you have a Bible, you could turn there. We're going to be jumping around to a few verses. Um, this was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his kind of protege, um, Timothy. Um, this is Paul at the end of his life. If you know the Apostle Paul, he was the guy who was a persecutor of Christians, and then he got miraculously saved, and all of a sudden was going around traveling all around the world preaching the gospel. He was planting churches. And so Paul, as a result of his faith, he got thrown in prison a couple of times. This was the second time he was thrown in prison. This was at the end of his ministry. This was not one of those times where he thought, oh, I'm going to be getting out of here any day now. He pretty much knew his sentence had been handed down um, he knew that he was about to be executed as he was shortly after this letter was written. So this is Paul at the end of his life. Um, he knows that he's coming to the end. You can see that in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. There's a couple verses we'll start with right away. This is Paul saying, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Those words are from someone who recognizes, I'm about done. And I love that he's there at the end of his life saying, my life has been poured out as an offering for the Lord. I have fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the race. And so when we read those words, we recognize that this whole letter is really his parting words to Timothy, but he knows these words are going to be read by more than Timothy. These are his parting words to the church. And we're going to look at a few points from this letter today and see how they apply to our lives, specifically to the students heading back to school. I want to point out a few things from the book of 2 Timothy today as you head back to school. So we're going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Now, some of these words might sound very familiar to you. And it says this in verse 6. This is why I remind you 
to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. And you might recognize these words. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And we're going to pray at the end of the service for all our students, and I'm going to pray those words over our students in a little bit, that they would have that same spirit of power and love and self-discipline. But first, I want to look at each of those three things, those three things found in verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So the first one, students, what was that first one? The first word was power. Say, students, say power. All right. See, in kids' church, you do lots of talking, right? And then in youth group, they kind of do a little talking, but they get too cool for talking. And then in grown-up church, everybody sits really quietly. But we're going to try to get them to join in because we think grown-ups should be more like kids, right, that you should say. So what was that first word again, students? Power. Grown-ups, what was that first word? There you go, grown-ups, way to go. I think the first day of school can be a day where there is a bit of fear and timidity, being timid, like that verse said. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. I think the first day of school can be one of those days where you might be a little bit nervous and anxious. Anybody ever feel that? Especially if you're going to a new school, your first day in a new school, maybe your first day in middle school or high school. I remember my first day of middle school. Man, I was just terrified. Anyone like that? Just new school, that age where you've also got so much else going on in your life. And I remember going in there being somewhat fearful, but certainly timid. I wanted one thing for that day, just to be invisible. Just don't make any moves that anyone would notice. I just want to blend in. I don't want any upperclassmen to notice me and pick on me. I just want to open my locker and get to all the right classes. I don't want to be wandering the hall lost. I don't want to say any wrong answers. That first day, anyone can relate to that? I remember feeling just nervous. This was also the same time right around then where my voice was changing a little bit. You know, it's middle school. Like, there's not enough going on with all the changing. Um, But that was, and so I remember the first word out of my mouth with a group of people, they asked me a question. First word, huge voice crack. <laughs> Thinking one of those things, and I was just like, oh, so much, for, so much for that plan. And everyone laughed, and I was just, I remember just feeling so nervous. I think by the end of the day, I got home, and my mom asked me how the day went, and I think I just, I may have burst into tears, not because I, anything bad happened, but it was just all that tension. I was finally home, and I'm like, oh, I made it through my first day of middle school. I remember the first day of any school, you can be a little bit nervous. I remember being tense that first day of middle school. And so for students, if you're feeling a little nervous, that's normal. That's normal. That's okay to feel that way. But I want you more and more to learn this. Learn these words in in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. That we don't need to be timid and fearful. Okay, students, we don't need to be anxious and worried and fearful. For God has given us the spirit of, what was that word? Power. Students, what was that word? Power. There you go. God has given us that spirit of power. There's a verse in Joshua 1.9 in the Old Testament. It says this, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I have a question for you, students. When are you confident? You know what the word confident means? When are you brave? Sorry, I'm There's no way around this. It's one of those weeks. When are you brave? When, maybe it's when you are on a team and you're about to play a game and you know you've got the best players on your team. 
Maybe you're going in for a test and you have studied super hard for that test and you know you're going to ace that test. Maybe it's you're walking down the street and one of your big strong friends is with you. I remember in Panama, there was one day where one of the speakers for the boys' conference, his name was David, he was a UFC fighter, like an MMA mixed martial arts fighter. Big, strong guy, and he and I had a couple errands to run. Well, you could tell, I, I was walking with a little more swagger that day, right? Because I'm like, nobody's going to mess with me because my buddy David could take him out. Those are times when you have, you're feeling more confident, you're feeling more brave, you're not feeling fearful because you know you're prepared, or you know that somebody big and strong is with you, right? Maybe it's walking down the street with your dad, and you think your dad's big and strong. Well, maybe that's the time when you feel confident. You feel brave. Well, no matter what you face this year at school, no matter what you face every day, maybe with friends or with classes, grown-ups, no matter what you face during your day, everyday life, you know that what? That God has said his spirit is with you, that God is with you. His spirit of power is in you. So even better than walking with MMA fighter David by my side, we can walk through every day knowing that almighty God is right there with us. His spirit is in us. He walks with us. He promises to be with us every day. So on Tuesday, your first day of school, if you're nervous, or this year, if something happens at school, grown-ups, if something happens at your workplace, in your finances, in your family, something happens that causes that spirit of fear and timidity, causes that spirit of anxiety to come up in you, you can say, no, this is not the spirit that God has given me. God is in me, and his spirit is a spirit of power. So you can be bold. Students, you can talk to people at school that nobody else talks to. You can be brave that way. You can just go up and talk to people. Maybe it's the person that doesn't have anybody else talking to them. Students, you can talk about your faith with people. You can talk about your church. You can talk about the love of God in your life. You don't have to be timid because in you is the Spirit of God, and that Spirit is what? What was that word? Power. Thank you, students. All right, so that's the first one. The second one is this. It's going to be up on the screen. That God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And what's the second one? Love. 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 There it is. Love. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. This is all about relationships, students. This means that the spirit of God in you that God's spirit in you enables you to be kind and loving to others, to your teachers. And all the teachers said, amen. To your classmates, to the outcasts or the people that don't really have any friends. To your friends or to your enemies or most importantly, to your frenemies. Those people that are kind to your friends but you never really know. You can be kind and loving to all those people because God's spirit is in you, and his spirit is the spirit of love. In verse 2, or in chapter 2, verse 23, it says this. This is Paul again talking to Timothy. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord, that's us, must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. All right, so I have a couple questions for you students. Maybe you teenagers can answer this. Are there any foolish arguments at school? Maybe once or twice throughout your year, maybe some foolish arguments, right? I'm seeing a few thumbs up in the, in the back there from the tech crew. Are there any difficult people at school? Yes. All right. 
So those are two things, right? And that's what those, those verses were talking about. In this day and age, there is so much. We, do, we see it at school. I think we see it more and more at school in the social media age. But also, in our world, in our culture, there is so much ignorant arguing. There is so much tearing down, tearing down in person to each other's face. But more than that, anonymously, online, saying things about other people, mean things about other people to different people. But when you have the Spirit of God in you, students, you have the Spirit of God in you. It's the Spirit of, what's that word? Love. It's the Spirit of love. Yes. That doesn't need to participate in drama or foolish fights. That spirit of love can stick up for the person who's being picked on. That spirit of love enables you to be that friend, that kind and loving voice. All right? So you can be that friend, no matter if you're in kindergarten or you're a senior in high school or a grown-up going on throughout your work week. God's spirit is in you, and that spirit is love, and you can be that friend. All right? But also, since we're talking about friends, students, look up here, students, really quick. I want to talk about who your friends are. Okay? Who your friends are. Who are you letting close to you? Whose voice is speaking into you? Who do you have around you that is influencing you? Are they good influences on you? If I were to ask your mom and dad, would they say, yes, they are good influences on you? Or would they say, maybe not such a good influence on you? So it's important that we pay attention to who we let be our friends, who we have influencing us. So we're going to illustrate that with something Okay, so I need a few helpers. I see you. Okay, so here's what I need. All right, so I've got one, two. It's your birthday, Kellen. You guys can come up, Kane boys. In the back, yes, that's three. All right, Gibberts, that's four, five. Wait, why? I can't count. Let's come up here because we need eight total. You guys can go up here on the steps behind me, okay? Head up there. One, two, three, four, five. We need three more. Micah, you want to help? Dottie, wait, how do we got? All right, we only got one girl. That's okay. Do we got, oh, there we go. Okay, here's our helpers. Can you give them a nice hand today? All right, special, special welcome to Kellen with the coolest shirt ever. Show anyone that shirt. That's a cool shirt. It's his birthday today. Thanks for being here, Kellen. Maybe extra prizes for you. All right, so we have, um, what we're going to need to do is, one, two, three, four, five. I need you five to kind of stand over here. Okay? Yep, you're group A. Now you three are over here. Um, there's no, Christy's going to bring out some bags, put them behind them. She's my helper. Sinus emergency. Okay, so what we have here are our helpers today, and we're going to illustrate this because Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing in this letter, and he's talking about his group of friends. Okay, so I don't know what you call a group of friends these days. Is it your squad? If you have a group of friends, is that your squad? No? What do you call your group of friends? We're going to call them your squad. Okay, so you guys are Guys are dudes, but there's girls here too, okay? So Paul and his squad. So over here, who wants to be Paul? You be Paul, right here. You're going to be right in the middle, okay? This is the Apostle Paul, and this, these are his buddies, okay? Now, these are, these are Paul's squad. Now, you are Demas. 
You are Crescens. These are big names. You are Titus. And you are Luke. Oh, wait. We need one. Wait. And you are... You are Paul. So I need one more over here. I need an Alex. You want to be Alex? You come over here, Alex. Okay, so you're over here in Paul's squad. You come back here. So we have Demas, Crescens, Titus, Luke, and Alex. These are Paul's squad, okay? This was Paul's friends, but are they all good friends? We're going to find out because Paul starts talking about that in some verses that we're going to read, okay? So are these good influences? Let's find out. This is what Paul talks about his friends, okay? So he's talking about you guys, his friends, Demas, Crescens, Titus, Luke, and Alex, okay? You guys remember? All right, here we go. This is Paul talking in 4 verse 9. Do your best to me, talking to Timothy, to come quickly. For Demas, because, we'll say she, because he loved the world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Dalmatia is where all those spotted puppies come from. Yes, correct. So these three friends, Paul says, because they loved the world so much, they've deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So you guys have in your bag, maybe Miss Christie could come help hand out the things in the bag. Because they loved the world, so here's all the treasures of the world. We have some headgear. Let's put that on. We can strap that under your chin. Strap that under your chin. Some gla- There's some cash money. Here's a football. Some headwear. Is there some big glasses in there? A gun popper. Where's the glasses? We have jewels. Let's wrap those around your neck. Some f- dice. Look at this. A yo-yo. You want a yo-yo? Are you still? St- there you go. Put that right there. There you go. Sunglasses. We have, where's the, oh, these are my favorite right here. You got to put, oh, they just snapped off. That's okay. You keep that one, it'll snap back on, but put these on. Those are my favorites. All right, so turn around and show everybody the treasures of the world. Because Demas and Crescens <laughs> and Titus loved all the treasures of the world. They deserted Paul. Where's Paul? This is you, Paul, right? So those were your friends, but they found all those cool things, and they deserted you. Now, were those good friends? Were those good influencers on you? No. Do you have any friends in the world that as soon as something better comes along, they desert you? Well, that's what these three did, okay? Now it goes on. It goes on. Um, Demas, Crescens, and Titus, they all followed the love of the world, and they left. They're already done. And that leaves Luke and Alex, okay? So in verse 14, it says, Alex, you're a metal worker. You come up here. Alex, Uh uh-oh, it's not good news, Alex. Alex, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. Oh, everyone say, oh, harm. So he's got a rat and a sword and a, and a pirate's vest. Alex, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. Alex, the metal worker, turned bad. He went to the dark side. Harm did me a great deal of harm. So Alex did a great deal of harm, and it says the Lord will repay him for what he has done. I don't want to be Alex in, mentioned in Scripture that way. So Alex, you go over there. That leaves... Who? That leaves Paul and Luke. All right, you guys come up here. Now, what does it say about Luke? It says in verse 11, only Luke is with me. So it says, Demas, he left. 
Crescens left, Titus left, Alex turned evil, they're all gone. And then he says, only Luke is with me. Luke is the one that when everybody deserted, when everybody found something better to chase after, when everybody wandered away, Luke stuck it out with Paul. We spent the whole summer looking at the gospel of Luke, the same Luke. It's the same guy. He followed Paul around, and he stayed committed and devoted, and he stayed with Paul till the end. So, who is the true friend, students? Who's the true friend here? Was it Luke? Yes, it was Luke. Luke, thanks for being a true friend. So, be a friend like Luke. Surround yourself with friends like Luke, who stand by you when everybody else walks away. Those are good friends. Be mindful of who you let around you, students. Find some good friends who are going to be with you and encourage you, even when it gets difficult. So now, we got Luke and we got Paul. Well, what does Paul need? Paul needs a new squad, right? He needs some new friends. So it goes on. We're going to have you be Mark. Yep, you're Mark. Okay, so it says in verse 11, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. So we have all sorts of helpful things. Look at that. That's a thing you can pick up things with, right? That's very helpful. And a calculator. Oh, that's very helpful. Some AA batteries. Whoa, watch that. And duct tape. Very helpful. Was there anything else in there? Oh, a puppy's calendar. Looks like those Dalmatia puppies. All right, so look at all those helpful things. A calculator. Calendar, batteries, duct tape. So now you go over here. Don't attack Paul, but you go over here and stand by Paul because you're very helpful. Bring to me Mark because he was helpful. That's a good friend. You want to find a helpful friend. All right? And that's what it said there. And the last but not least, and when you come, says this to Timothy, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus. So your name is Carpus, all right? Now just wait. Oh, and we have the cloak See, what happened was, oh, look at that. See, what happened was Paul said, I left my cloak with Carpus. So this is Carpus. He's a good friend because he's hanging on to Paul's stuff. So he brings Paul's cloak to him. Later on it says, please get here before winter. Why? Because Paul's probably freezing in this prison and Carpus has his cloak. So now you have Paul's new squad. Paul, you're probably wondering, when do I get some stuff? Luke, you're probably wondering, I was the true friend. I don't have any cool stuff. We're going we're gonna to solve that in a minute. Because Luke, because he was such a true friend, he just hangs out. He stays devoted. And what do true friends do? They bring you candy. They bring you candy. So you got Sour Patch Kids. You could share some with Paul, your buddy. All right? We might even have some more candy. All right. So let's look out here, everybody. Show them. Who were the not good friends? These were the not good friends, right? They chased after the things of the world, and they turned harmful. But then they found his true friend, Luke, who stuck with him the whole time and brought him candy. Had Mark, who was very helpful, had all these helpful things. Way to go, Mark. And Carpus, you had the cloak, the beautiful cloak that you kept for Paul for when he needed it, okay? So, these, that's an illustration of make sure you have some true friends around you, okay, students? All right, so we have one more thing for all you helpers. Since you were such good helpers, we got more candy. All the parents are saying, yes, more candy. If your parents say it's okay, you can eat it. Sorry, Mark, your hands are full. All right. You can keep that. All right, let's... Let's grab it quick. You can keep all the treasures of the world. You can keep the cloak. You're welcome.
All right, thank you, students. Can you give them a big hand for their help with our illustration today? You can keep those if you want. All right. All right, thank you, students. All right, everyone, students, I want you to look up here. Students, students, look up here. I know I just handed out candy and toys, so what am I thinking? We'll, we'll wrap this up momentarily. Make sure you have good influencers around you. Make sure the voices that you are allowing into your life are good voices. Parents, the same thing. Whose voice are you allowing influence, to influence you? You might need some new friends. You might need some new influencers. And one more thing about friends. Students, at this church, at Homestead Church, we're a family. We're a family. So we are your friends. So I want you at school, if you see another person from church at school, I want you to know you can count on them. You can count on them to be your friend. You can count on them to help you. You can count on them to support you, to be with you. If you see another homesteader at school that needs help, I want you to have their back. I want you to go help them, be with them. We are a family. I want you to lean on the family. Okay, so what was the first word today, students? Power. What was the second word, everybody? Love. And the third word is? Self-discipline. All right, so God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline means that the Spirit of God in you enables you to work hard, to do your best at everything you do. Students, I want you to work hard and do your best at everything you do. That's a way that you can honor God. Even when you're studying for a test and you think, well, there's no way I can honor God doing this, you can honor God by doing your best, by being disciplined, by working hard. You can honor your God by doing that in everything you do. I want to read some verses from chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. Paul says this, Endure suffering along with me. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus... Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. We're going to stop there. So what does that say? It says no matter what you do, if you're working hard at home, maybe you're working hard at sports. How many kids here play a sport? Teenagers, kids, you guys play some sports? Yes. Okay, if you're doing that, you can work hard at that. That's a way to honor God by working hard doing that. Whether it's working at home or on your schoolwork, stay focused on the right things. Work hard at all you do in sports or activities. God's Spirit gives you the spirit of self-discipline. Discipline to go through things when things get hard. Discipline to work hard and to do your best. Okay, so even with schoolwork, and I know you're dreading maybe some schoolwork. Students, work hard. Do your best. This is God's spirit in you, the spirit of self-discipline that doesn't get caught up, those words that he says, that doesn't get caught up in civilian affairs. What that means is if you're a soldier, you don't worry about what the civilians are doing. You have a mission. Maybe how that translates in school is this. You know that God has called you for a purpose. You know that his spirit is in you. But there's going to be all sorts of other voices around you that are causing you to maybe get distracted and to think about other things. Are you going to do that? No, we want to listen to the spirit of God in us. We want to do our best. We want to do our best in everything we do. So this year at school, every day I want you to remember this, that God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of what, students? Of power love, and self-discipline. And I'm praying that all of you will grab hold of that this year, 
so that in everything you do, you can say as Paul did in those first verses. At the end of the year, you could look back and say, you know what, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the race. I did my job. I did a thing that was honoring to God. I want you at the end of this year to be closer to God than you are right now, students. I want you to be more devoted to him than you are right now. I want you to get closer to him. I want you to work hard to grow in all areas of your life over this next year. Okay, that's what I want for you. And it's when we realize that God's spirit is in us that gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So what we're going to do is we are going to take a moment as we wrap up today, and we're going to pray for our students. So students, every student in here, could you stand if it's elementary, middle, or high school. Students, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. You're not too cool for this. All right. So even you students in the back there, we'll handle the tech from here. You guys start making your way down here. I want all the students to come up front, and we're going to have a time to pray for you. So we're going to come up front, and we're going to stand right along the front right here, okay? Every student, come on up here. Every student, come on up here. Let's spread out across the front. Spread out across the front. We're going to need everybody on the floor, everybody on the floor. Spread all the way across, all the way across. Do we have any college students here? I know we have one. College students, come on up, college students. Yes, yeah, sorry, we didn't mean to feel, let you feel left out. Could we give a nice round of applause for all of our students? Let's welcome them. All right, look at this group. This is awesome. Okay, we're going to need to scrunch in because now what I want, parents, this is your opportunity. I want you to stand up. I want you to come up, find a student, your student. Maybe they're not standing close together. And I want you to stand with them. We are going to put our hands on them, and we are going to pray for them for this school year. All right? Parents, come on up. And if you're not a parent, you can come on up too. We might have some people that don't have parents here that need someone to pray for them. All right, everyone got someone around them? Excellent. Students, I'm still talking to you just for a second. You have to know how proud we are of you. Me, as your pastor, all your parents that are standing up here, we are so proud of you, the hard work that you're doing, the people that you are becoming. God has plans for your life. I'm going to remind you again, God has big plans for your life. This year at school is going to be a great year. We know that you're going to do great things, that you're going to work hard. I'm So let's do this. Let's just pray together. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, we thank you for each one of these young lives. We thank you that what a, what a blessing they are to us. As parents, we thank you that they are blessings to our families. As a church, we thank you that they are the future. They are the ones who are going to carry this faith down the road. Lord, they are going to take this faith further than we ever could. We thank you for all you're doing in them. We thank you that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you have created them just the way they are. So, Lord, I lift them up to you, each student, and I pray for them that this year at school that they would walk with your spirit in them, 
that right now you would fill them with your spirit, that spirit that is of power and of love and of self-discipline, that spirit of power that will come over them when they are facing things that they are worried about, things that they are anxious about. Lord, if they are struggling with any sort of anxiety or depression, if they are studying with, struggling with any sort of fear or worry about the upcoming school year, Lord, may your spirit of power come over them knowing that you are with them, that you don't give them a spirit of fear, but you walk with them in power, that they can lean on you in everything. I pray that you would give them the spirit of love, that they would be loving examples, that they would be lights for you wherever they go, that they would always be encouragers. They would be those who lift up one another. They would be those who look for the outcasts or the people that don't have any friends and reach out to them, that you would give them your spirit of love. And finally, Lord, that you would give them the spirit of self-discipline. We pray against any harms of the enemy, any harms of the world that would come to trip them up this year. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would protect them, that you would surround them. We declare that they are filled with the spirit of God, that the enemy has no place in them. Any attacks of the enemy to cause uh, whatever it is, sickness, depression, anxiety, anything that would try to cause them to wander away from the faith, we pray against that in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would help them to be self-disciplined in all their schoolwork, help them to be self-disciplined in all their activities, in sports or any other activities, that they would do their very best because they want to honor you with their very best. So, Lord, we lay hands on these students. I pray your blessing over them in everything that they do. I pray your blessing over every class every day of homework, every encounter at school. Pray that you'd keep them safe, that you would anoint them for your good work, that they would know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have called them for a big purpose, a big life. We pray all these things. We thank you for them, and we commit them into your hands this year. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you, students. Thank you, everybody. God bless you.